Real Kipper and Bourne. Do you remember the good old days when we can actually open up our show and talk hockey on ice hockey? Yeah. What's what's was great about those days, it's the thing I know stuff about. It's a lot easier to discuss that than, you know, more complicated things. Not my forte. And we're not lawyers. We don't pretend to No, Nick, be I actually know very little about anything outside of hockey, so well, I don't think they're, we're going to get a break anytime soon here because uh, the hits just keep on coming here. Uh, and another story, of course, this one regarding the Pittsburgh Penguins. The wife of a former assistant coach uh, filed a sexual assault, uh, assault lawsuit against a former coach, Clark Donatelli, also named Penguins GM at the time or associate GM at the time, Bill Guerin. The Pittsburgh Penguins organization. The Penguins released a statement earlier today, Justin. Yeah, I can read that if you want. Yeah, please do. Um, so the Penguins put out a statement about that that says, well, we took this Wilkes-Barre-Scranton incident very seriously and acted immediately. The team investigated and addressed the alleged incident within hours of being notified in June 2019, despite the fact that Mr. Scaldi delayed seven months before he reported the incident. Immediately upon re- receiving the report, a full investigation was conducted within 72 hours and the former coach resigned from the organization. Following the report, Mr. Scaldi continued to coach in Wilkes-Barre-Scranton for an additional year until we made significant staff reductions due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So the Penguins said, uh, we want nothing to do with what, the, what they're claiming. That was They're pretty clearly separating themselves from the, the lawsuit right away. Have we learned anything out of what we've just been through with regards to the Chicago Blackhawks, the NHL, and and what now lies ahead in this? Well, I guess there's the Quenville-Bowman situation with uh, USA Hockey in particular, where Garen is still involved with USA Hockey. And I saw um, you know Larry Brooks in my Twitter feed there talking about you know, should Garen step aside on administrative leave from USA Hockey while they get this sorted out? You know, I don't know that he should if there is, if they believe they're in the right or they, uh, I don't know what the right answer is there. It's, um, you know, I, I don't even know what to take away. It's just unbelievable and unfortunate that we're dealing with this again and unfortunate that, you know, uh, this stuff happens. I absolutely believe that it does. I, I assume that... I don't want to call, I don't know, maybe I should call it a, a, a blueprint for the National Hockey League, uh, for Gary Bettman and Bill Daly. Mm-hmm. Here we are 24 hours since their press conference where they had the media ask them questions for over an hour yesterday. And now that we've had a little bit of time to digest it and I, th- I still think about it. Uh, I don't know whether or not we're just going to be into a wash, rinse, and repeat. Like, I get what everybody's saying, and I get the push here, uh, you know, from education and uh, what what we can learn from this and all of that, but I, I still watch the way it Gary Bettman and Bill Daly conduct themselves. And all we saw was two lawyers yesterday. Yeah, two powerful people protecting power. And you just nailed it right there. And there still seems to be a lot of people out there, and with good reason. And I don't know if they've... Some people who are commenting on this, you, you got to know the true history here of of what's been going on since Gary's come into that position and it's it's not necessarily uh, a position for Gary Bettman where it's you're the commissioner of the league you protect the game first and foremost no that's never been his priority no so you you tell me protecting the pocketbooks of 32 ownership groups exactly first and foremost so he First is, and only, maybe. His number one priority is to protect 32 owners. And he did that yesterday. Granted, he took some uppercuts. He took a left hook here and there. 
But when you really think about a guy now that we hear could be making anywhere between 12 and 15 million bucks a year, which really, by the way, underpaid. Roger Goodell, the last two years, did you see that one? He's making 44 a year or something like that. 128 no, million he's not. last two years. No, he's not. 128 million in two years. And you think <sighs> think about think about what's been going on in the NFL in the last few years and the left hooks and the body blows that he's taken as a commissioner, whether it's CTE, whether it's domestic abuse in your league whether it's the washington football club and their name yeah whatever the case is that's what they're paying you for try you to take the punches so they don't receive them did gary take the punches last night he took the punches and is, just- is he will he continue to take a few more yes but you don't tell me for one second that the 32 owners, including Chicago, are sitting there going, good job. Well, I got news for you, buddy. We got Alan Walsh on the show today who says that there are owners who are unhappy. Several yeah, owners that are I, unhappy. I, I want to, you're right. We have Alan Walsh Kevin. here, one of the most outspoken player reps there are out there. He's good. There, he, he is all about the players and he is all about protecting their rights and. Uh, good on him for that, but I'm going to question. I'm going to question yeah. uh, exactly how many owners are out there. Name, how about why? They're because the only ones who keep getting ahead. The players uh, keep taking in the, the, you know, off the chin. The fans take it off the chin. I got to think. There's a lot of them saying, "That's why we pay you not to mm-hmm. go to All Star Weekend and shake hands and." Kiss babies. Like, I could a pro sports league ever have a commissioner where the goal of the game was to advance the sport, enhance the fan experience, and would that not translate into more dollars? It really has felt like the NHL. It, Gary Bettman's sole motivation is about, you know, the, the money and those people in charge and his bosses, and it's never felt about. You know, that's one thing that I will get into with Walsh when we have him on is, like, he, he also comments on how Bettman has – had like a, a lack of a coherent global strategy for the NHL. And that's fair. I think there's fair criticisms about what Bettman yes. has been in his focus. Yeah, and, and that's that's fair. And and Gary will accept that. And he'll move on and say, we need to be better. But here we are today. And outside of a few sacrificial lambs, what we really have is maybe a system that let Kyle Beach down. Mm -hmm. And we can fix it up. We can plug a few holes. We can make sure that the the system is better for anyone moving forward. And they will do that. And that's all legit. And that's all good. But no one's been fired with cause here everybody's stepped aside everybody's mm-hmm. resigned on their own and like, wh- like bill peters from calgary before them and Everyone people resigned people right? people are gonna scream all they want and they can question and they can find holes in the story but really what we're might be looking at in the next 24 48 hours or a week from now jb is Chicago settling with Kyle Beach. Mm-hmm. And once that happens, it's over. The NHL turns the page. It's over. And people can scream all they want and continue to find holes and say, They're going to say, you, We fixed up the hotline. You said this. This doesn't match up with that. And it'll be, uh, Okay. What happened in the game last night? And, and everything moves on. Everything eventually moves on. And, and yeah, it, it hits us hard here for sure because we have such an emotional attachment to the game. But 
look around the last few years. But thank God there's people like right? Rick but, and Katie Strang but, and doing good for, yes. you know, staying on these and, things. And they will. And they will. And there, there's no going back for Kyle Beach. And they can keep people on their toes and keep them as honest as they can. But this Chicago's just stroking a check away from putting this thing behind them and everybody else. Yeah, it doesn't feel right, does it? It doesn't, but this is the way the world has worked. And it it's going on everywhere. Be interesting to see if anything right? with this Pittsburgh like, thing, if it's if this goes away in similar fashion. Or... Justin, there there may be there may be another one out there. Oh, I'm sure there okay? is. There may be another one out there. But I think the kind of the blueprint's already been set. And that is just go back, try to acknowledge where the system broke down because nobody really takes blame anymore, right? You blame the system. No, you're 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 not wrong at you, all. You're you 100%. Who's right? who in this specifically like you'd say I guess like who's McDonough, John McDonough and Stan Bowman? Who, who's liable, right? Who's usually liability signed uh lies in the person that is responsible. And we assume that Chicago right now is negotiating for a settlement and they will come up with a number. Mm -hmm. But and even the call yesterday, everybody's so, so like fixed on that two million, and yeah, it's it's goofy, it's like it's ridiculous to pick that it's a number. It's it's less than than what Arizona got fined for for uh, uh, testing prospects before the allocated time. It's like but a games gate two million four million. It doesn't matter. All that matters is Chicago doesn't have to sell. That's that's punishment mm -hmm. when you go tell the Wirtz family you got to sell your team because that's what happened in the NBA. Yeah, it's how uh, was it Donald Sterling? Sterling? Yeah, Donald Sterling. Remember that one? Yeah, over racist migrant racism comments. Yeah, sell your team. Wow. That's, so this is a lot of the works worth protecting that asset. That well, value. yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's nothing linking them to knowing, so they they shouldn't be forced to sell their team no, no. unless unless there's a a smoking gun out there, an email, something that links directly to either Gary Bettman's office or Chicago. I'm sorry, but this is this is the best it gets for you. That you can still find holes in them, but this this will be moved on, and well, Pittsburgh's next. But I think the 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 blueprint has been done, and and then we have the NHL Players Association. We want answers. We heard that uh, players are, you know, screaming for answers, and uh, they're really upset. We heard that on the weekend. They're really pissed. Then they go on the call, and it's very calm, and no one's screaming at anybody, and no one's calling for Donald Fear's job. None of that happened. Hey, guys, uh, maybe we should do an investigation? Sure. Yeah, go ahead. That's what happened? Go ahead. Yeah, listen, let's let's do one. Okay? I don't know. Who are you going to hire? going to hire uh, Jenner and, and Block, who did mm -hmm. Chicago's investigation? Kipper and Bourne. Barney Fife? I don't know. Uh, you don't even know who Barney Fife well, is. Well, it's a name I know, but I can't place it. Google it. <laughs> All you get is a black and white picture of a very old sitcom. But my point is, I don't think it will really matter. Yeah. Because all we'll get out of anything moving forward is... So what then, Kipper, vague, though? But so, so what should happen? Like, what do... Vague... Nothing. Just go through the process. But, this is just but, the way it but, is. But you know, you know that it'll you'll find more people that misremember or vague recollection. This all the way you're talking about this, though, it. it all just sounds so hopeless to me. Like, ah, well, you know, I guess sexual assault, and they'll take it or stroke a check, and it's over. Like, it just feels like there should, you know, the anger that came out of this from some people. Yeah. Like, where is it going to lead? What is yeah. the what's changing? 
Are yeah. we are we pushing towards something being different? Uh, or are we, maybe like, is are maybe, people content? Maybe with the just striking a check and then we move on. Well, what side? What side are you? Uh, yes, uh, if you're on the NHL side and you're one of 32 owners, yes, you so who are. Needs to make a push to make change then. You know, where's the, I mean, fans well, it's, seem it's, upset. It's, it's coming from many in the media, which I think is a great thing. That call was good. I, I don't think, well, I know the media was not happy with the format of that call. The PHWA, the Professional Hockey Writers Association, put out a statement saying they disapproved of the way that Rick, uh, Rick Westhead was iced out. And good on them for doing that. Right. But it, who cares? You think Gary cares that no. they froze out Rick Westhead? That's on... No. I, they've frozen them out for 12 years. They don't care. They don't care. So what? Yeah. Today, today. That was part of the lumps they had to take to, was the media going, no, tisk tisk. They don't care. No, they do not care. Batman, you know, I can't wait to talk to Walsh. I cannot wait to hear what he has to say about Batman. I, I'm, I'm, I don't, I, I don't feel good sitting there going that. This is all just no. You're just identifying be yesterday's this. news, but Hollywood, Boy Scouts. I mean, take around, take a look at what's gone on in the last few years, right? I mean, I think, and it gets things are getting better. It gets I forgotten. Hope. the the uh, The system has a chance to get cleaned up, and it does keep people on their toes. And that's a good thing. Which actually is okay. a, it brings us to Kevin Dayoff. And do you believe that something, and I know I'm kind of out of order here, but do you believe then that the league should have sent a message or should the Winnipeg Jets send a message that in the in interest of keeping everyone on their toes, it's not okay to be in a meeting they, and to have this information and to just say someone else will do, deal with this. They think that they've, they've, they've got enough message sending right now. They like Kevin Dayoff. And Gary says he gets to stay. And that's the end of it. So what's going to happen now at, what, 5 p.m. Eastern? What time's rush hour and everyone's Kevin, not at home? And Yeah, the, exactly. That's when they're going to have a presser. And, and Kevin will take a few punches. And then he just hopes. Hopes he doesn't Moves crack. on. I, I hope he doesn't. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. But who knows? But there's court of law and then there's judged by public perception public opinion yeah court of public opinion and and winnipeg is feeling like yeah they'll they'll write a few bad things about you and uh you'll just have to deal with it and and move on but the only way justin they really really feel it is the bottom line like, how does this affect our business moving forward? And I don't get the sense that there's enough so, anger out there from fans to for people to be like, I'm stopping so I, going I don't to know. games. I mean, or- Ch- Chicago Blackhawks are in the heart of this, right? We know that. I didn't watch the game last night, but it sounded like a lot of people went there and cheered on Pat Kane, and they won big, and everybody went home happy. Like, I don't know. Was the building half? Were there any protests? Did people... Uh, turn their tickets in. Our sponsors saying, "I'm out." Have we heard any of that? No. So is there? There's got to be a sense that, like, you know, if you're on the league side or the Chicago Blackhawks, we'll get over this. Everybody gets over this. Hollywood got over it. Uh, they still make movies. They're still every, everything's good. So your point here is Batman has won. That was a success yesterday. Uh, you know, for all the, the people's articles I read about how embarrassing it was for the league, he considered yesterday a victory. Bettman did what he was paid to do. And what a format for them, eh, Zoom? No one's in the room to pester you with follow-ups or ask another one or to, you know, interrupt you. Just Zoom. Just throw them on mute. Tell them when they're ready to talk. Pick who you want to speak. What a format for the league. They must love the the way the pandemic has unfolded media-wise. I doubt they ever do another live one. Few punches. No question there was a few punches thrown. And credit to those who did, and credit to, you know, LeBron for, you know, sticking up for his teammate there, and credit to the people trying. Yeah. Yes. And continue to try. 
Hell yeah. Don't keep them on their toes. Well, don't let them off the I, hook. I, I didn't don't want, let them off the hook. I didn't want to let, it kind of felt like, well, you know, this is just the way it is. Let's move. You know, it's, I appreciate the effort from those giving it. And, and I, I know that it feels futile though. When you go up against power like that yeah. and it yeah. feels like a victory. For now, them. could this lead to Donald fear? He's 73 years old. Well, that's hey, kind of what I'm wondering, isn't it? Like for the PA, it's like an easy, uncle. you know, like, oh, we did the but, right thing when really they were just ready but to But really, anyway. I mean, they, they, they can kind of look like they're progressive here and they can kind of blame Donald, but they really don't Absolve blame Donald, themselves. right? They yeah. can just say, uh, we've come out of this and, and Don's now going to help us transition and, uh, and we're going to start looking for uh, options here. Uh, on a new executive director and some people are campaigning for Matthew Schneider. Some people, uh, you know, there's some have suggested to me that the name Bob Goodnow might be interested. Oh, brother. I, I listen, it, uh, there's, there's a lot here. I don't mean this forward. to be disrespectful. How old's Bob now? Oh, Bob's got not younger than Donald. Mid, uh, mid sixties. Okay. Late sixties. Yeah. No, he's, Still got some juice, I think. He's got fastball but still. His name, his name was brought up in in Twitter. I think Al Strachan uh, mentioned him, and uh, I'm sure a million people rolled their eyes. <laughs> but yeah. uh, that's that's what's going to happen here, I think, because it's just it's just time for for Don Fear to move on, and it's been delayed, probably a lot longer than some, maybe within that organization would have liked, but. That's what's going to happen, I think. But nothing. And from the ownership perspective, like, Gary's 72. I don't mean 72. I think he's 69 or 70. Yeah. Yeah, he's, I don't know what Gary would have left on his on his contract, but uh, I, I don't, We nobody gets this, uh, the feeling like he's going anywhere anytime no. soon. But uh, that, that's, that's the way I see this thing moving forward. And I don't know... Uh, you know whether or not uh, uh, again, there's something else that surfaces, but this is this is where it's headed. Yeah. I, it was just—I I don't think you're wrong. It, it was just feels wrong. Every ounce of that meeting was just lawyered right up, and that's what he is. He's he's a professional lawyer that's been around a very long time, and you're, you're not. There's very few people in the last thirty years that have painted him in in a corner. Yeah. No, he's good at what he does. I, you know, I guess credit for that, if anything. All right. We got any hockey talk, Sammy? Uh, just a little bit of a housekeeping note. If you want to hear the Shovel Day Off press conference, Fan Drive Time is going to carry it live at 5 p.m. So just if you're interested in hearing that, right after our show is done, he's going on and uh, they're going to play it on the Fan Drive Time. So that's uh, just a bit of housekeeping before we move to the Leafs here, fellas. Good producer. There you go. Toronto Maple Leafs. Vegas. Golden Knights. Or what's their farm team? <laughs> the Henderson Silver Knights. <laughs> For, or is it half their lineup? Like, what are the names right now missing from Vegas? And we're going to have uh, Darren Millard later on in the show. He is now host of Vegas Golden Knights and one-time host of Hockey Central at noon. Now, I don't know if you were too young to remember that show. You know you, what? You I, don't, you I don't remember it. Barney Fife. No, I, I, I remember uh, watching you and McLean and Millard dressed up in Wizard of Oz uh, costumes. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, I Kiss. am Was never doing. <laughs> you better hope one of our shows doesn't uh, land on uh, Halloween. I, I, may, uh, I may get you uh, dressed up. That's a hard up. nope from the kid. Also host of the Chirp podcast, uh, and he's going to be around to tell us uh, what we can expect out of half a lineup uh, out of Vegas. But... Uh, as far as the Toronto Maple Leafs are concerned, there there seems to be a, still a, a lot of concern in, in Sheldon Keefe's voice. And I think, Justin, we hear that when we listen to this clip. So, yeah, there's, there's lots, of, lots of good uh, ingredients to that line, but I don't think we've seen it uh, play to its potential here yet. And I think there's, there's part of it is the line coming together, but part of it is, you know, the three players, you know, playing at their best. And that's what we've seen. So you look at the Tavares line, I think part of why the line is starting to work is just that the players are working and competing and, and you know, that helps the line go. You know, when everybody's 
playing and playing well and dialed in all all areas. So that means one line's working their ass off and, and having success, and and one he's not liking too much. That's I love. Um, I, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm I love listening to things I don't hear. Yeah, and I don't hear, and I would think that as as good of a start we all spoke of Willie Nylander. I saw a lot of old Willie Nylander Saturday night. Yeah, I actually thought that was Sheldon Keefe's best Gary Bettman impersonation. You know, he really stonewalled. He avoided saying what he was trying to say, which is that that line, that Willie line, hasn't worked the same way as the Tavares Marner line, and I mean physically worked. And, you know, I, I think that's something we've talked about and we haven't brought to air was that, you know, Nylander started off really well and, you know, a couple of goals, had a good playoff run, and everyone, uh, you know, named him as the the best of the core four guys this year. Hasn't been great lately. And, you know, everyone has their ebbs and flows, and that's not a critique on, a you know, the player at large. But, boy, he's not been great lately. The last six games, he's got one goal, one assist. He's dash four. You know, it's not good. Uh, what I saw early out of him, and I said this on air, poor man Pasternak, where he's actually – looking physical out there, that he has bumped people off the puck. Well, he gets it back when, when he's on, when he's engaged. Haven't seen that the past. He was good against Chicago, but I would say the previous, you know, that's the only game of the previous five or six where he's he's looked at like that, like that version of Willie. And the one thing that I don't care if he's not scoring or not, like Mitch looks like he's working like hard. Part of it, though, is style. Like Willie's smooth and Mitch is... Yeah, but Mitch always comes back. Mitch is, he is, he's, it's a constant with him. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's in position for sure. And there's no question in that clip, Sheldon's not getting that out of Matthews, Nylander and Bunton's running shotgun, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't include him in that message sending no because he's a guy who works and he's earning his you know he's earning his bread every night bunting but so and the matthews thing is like he the guy didn't have a training camp you give him a little bit of a pass a little bit if you're you're going to critique a line you know that that probably falls on nylander's shoulders that he's looking for a little bit more work getting back to that version of willie the good version and i said this that uh if that's the case and if sheldon indirectly is maybe calling out Nylander a little bit here. How long before Matthew says, I want 16 back on my line? Yeah, he's going to need an engaged Willie. What, what is he, eight goals behind Ovechkin? Yeah, Ovi's got nine, he's got one. We're a tenth into the season. Can he catch Ovi? Is it too late? Has he fallen too far behind? Sammy, I need an answer off of that one. What's your Leaf Nation think? Can I... he catch Ovi at this point? The question that I have off of that question is how long or how many games stretch is Ovechkin going to go without a goal this year? It just feels like no more than three or four. <laughs> I don't know. Like what, what's the number that he's going to get right. to? That's that. I mean, like, I feel like he's going to be sniffing 50 pretty, not easily, but pretty close to easily here. And I don't know if Matthews with this slow start is going to be able to get there. So I think the number is 50 and with one goal in his first six, can he get the 50? Go ahead and send us a message, a tweet or a text. Will will Matt can Matthews catch Ovi? I I say yes. I don't think it's too he late. He is so talented. He's streaky, and he can he can go he can go ten, twelve he can go goals. Ten and ten. And yeah, exactly. He can go ten, twelve, twelve goals in ten games. Yeah, he can. Very doable. And tonight you're facing a lineup. Um, this Las Vegas lineup tonight that they got is without Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, Alex Tuck. Matthias Janmark, Zach Whitecloud, William Carlson, Nolan Patrick. Uh, I mean, there's who's in the lineup for Vegas? Never heard of them. I know. Honestly, <laughs> stop me when you get to a name you've heard of that's dressing for them tonight. It's Jonas Ronsberg, Jake Lecision, uh, Keegan Colzar, Brett Howden, Mike Amadio. Mike Amadio, by the way, they claimed him. Uh, Third line center. <laughs> Could be could be a huge pickup for Vegas. Yes. Oh, he's scoring for sure. Could tonight. be large. <laughs> That's just the way the world works. He's scoring. But honestly, this is not the Vegas Golden Knights. You know, we have this perception of the Stanley Cup team. Your team went to the Cup Finals, and you know, division winning team. They are not bringing that team into Toronto tonight.
And they're hanging in there for a team that's lost half their team to injury. Uh, 500 hockey. Yeah. Oh, they're right where the Leafs are. So that's... Uh, so. But, but the Oilers have... Uh, if, if Vegas is going to be like this for the next little while, Edmonton's got a unbelievable opportunity here they do to run away with the pacific division it looks it looks like a bit of a free lane to the rim so let's say tonight goes well for the leafs this is my hypothetical here jack campbell's going he gets the start and he's great vegas is no good stops whatever 30 shots and toronto wins two to one what happens with the goaltending situation they play again on thursday night i believe where are we with the goaltending? Do you think that it goes back to Peter Mrazek, or is it like Campbell's your guy? He's your starter. He played well. He's going to go again on Thursday. You know, you're playing a good Tampa Bay Lightning team, or is it Boston? One of the two. Where are we on this team? Is it still going to be a split with these guys, or is Campbell going to get the chance to run with it? Well, maybe that opens up a, a good segue into what I just uh, tweeted maybe about an hour ago about uh, the Leafs trying to sign Jack Campbell right now good radio i didn't even mean to do that no but you're that, <laughs> it's just natural to me Kip. hang with me and you just get better every day right, and you don't even it. know it working at it coach but maybe it's tied into what are they trying to do here on a short-term or long-term basis because if it was really set up and the optics you you tell me if i'm wrong Sammy and, and JB, you tell me if I'm wrong, but the optics were, despite signing Peter Morazic for two years at what, 3 4? 3 8. Oh, 3 8. Oh my God. I just shortchanged him 800 grand. <laughs> <laughs> that Jack was really the, the guy still. Yeah. That, that it's been set I up. I believe that's how it felt that, starting that the season. That it's been set up. And you can't tell me after everything Jack has been through in the last year that he wouldn't get an opportunity to show he's a number one goalie with Toronto Maple Leafs. Like a 50-32 type of split for games. Yes. Yeah. So are you going to now turn me into uh, a one and one A with him that we're seen as equals? Because that would piss me off if I'm Jack Campbell. Well, if I was negotiating a contract with him, I would offer that Look, at least, I would say, yeah, you're a one and one A. You're, you're not a starter. You're, you're splitting it with Mrazek, so we'll give you tandem money. We're not going to give you starter money. So, like, I am now feeling as good as I've my whole career, and I don't want one, one A money. I want, I want, uh, who signed it? Calvin uh, Peterson? Yeah. What did he get? Five. Not giving you five. You're you're a part of a tandem. Well, why you, don't you know what I'm giving him? I'm giving him Mrazic's contract, three times three eight on the nose. You guys can have the same contract. One of you is going to play well, and I'm going to trade the other guy in the off season. What did Sisterkin sign for? Because he's part of a tandem too. I right? think he got up there. Well, I don't. I, is it, is it Gorgiev the the other guy there? Yes. Sisterkin's got five point six until twenty twenty five. Five point six. Gorgiev makes okay. two point four. And what about uh, El- that's the, the type of tandem Campbell's pushing? What for. about what about Elvis in uh, Columbus? Give me Elvis in Columbus. I'm on it. Give me give me one sec here. Five. I bet you five. He just resigned. Elvis in Columbus makes five year, twenty seven million dollar contract. Five point four per five point four. Yeah, makes sense. Now, are you telling me for one second that? Listen, you're Jack, making a good case here Jack, <laughs> for Jack to make five. Jack, it, uh, like, come on. So, no, you would take, you would bring up his track record, though. You would bring it up and you'd say, you've never been the guy. You've never played 40 yeah. games more. Who's more. telling you? Are you playing the part of Kyle? I think I am, yes. Okay, go ahead. Okay, well. Kyle will be like, here's yeah. all the money. Let's go. You've, Let's go. Play Kyle. You've never been the starter in this league. You're almost yeah. 30 years old. How, yeah. On what planet do you think you deserve starter money yeah. when you've never been a starter? Yeah, correct. So, Kyle, why don't we wait till like March and see how this all plays no, out? No, let's sign it now. Let's sign it right no, now. No, 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 no. I've got no, a good no, deal Kyle. here. Three times three eight. Kyle, Kyle, go play that other guy that you just signed. And when he pulls his groin next week, you come <laughs> back to me and tell me we're we're both the same. 
you know what? If I'm Kyle, I go, you know what? Uh, you're as likely as him to pull your groin. You've actually never played a full season. I'll take the odds of you getting hurt yeah. and me paying you 1.2 next year again or whatever it is you're making because we would love that on our salary cap. You want some insurance against injury? Here's my three-year deal, okay. 3.8. But in the meantime, I'll just, I'll just play it out and see where the chips fall. Yeah, bet on yourself. Bet on myself. And let's just see where we're at. And say good luck with, with Joseph Wool as your backup next year. So if you're Kyle now, damned if I do, damned if I don't. I, I'm cheering you on to help me get in the playoffs, but I'm screwing myself on my own salary cap. So true. Same with a guy like Bunting. It's like, like yeah, we love having this guy. Well, I guess he's got one more year, actually. That cap, and you just you just went through it with Morgan Riley. You threw him another 2.5 on his five already on the cap. And you're going to have to figure it out real quick here. You know what's going to happen? They're going to sign Campbell to a deal. It sounds to me like you think he's going to get more like four or five. I have whatever, no idea. Whatever it is. I have, I have no idea. Okay. Uh, I, but I, I tend... At least Mrazic's money. At least. He's Are not we... signing Mrazic's money. He's okay. dumb if he does. Right. The point is then they're both going to be under a contract worth $4 million plus, and they're not going to keep both guys. You're going to have two goalies well aware that whoever wins the starter's job, the other guy is gone. See ya. Yes. I mean, we got a reality show on our hands, yes. not a goalie tandem. You're right. You're right. That's if, intense. If, uh, if they feel the need to not want Jack, if Jack continues to play well and going into March – they're going to have to give him close to five, and they have to say bye-bye to Mrazek. You wow. are 100% right. And they're still going to have to figure out uh, how to get rid of Kerfoot. Mikheyev's won't be re-signed. So he's, that, that's just number. like consensus, eh? Like Mikheyev's probably... I think, uh, Sammy, is Kessel still on the books at... at one, two, gone after this year. Okay, so that's another million that they can pick up. It helps. Sure. Every little bit helps. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's, I, it's Survivor right let now. Let me ask you to do this question. Don't you got to be really careful with this contract? Goalies. That's actually a good point. Like in terms of his injury and career performance, if yeah. you give him four years and he's no good. Like how many goalies have had like a good stretch like this i feel like a lot of like maybe not as good as he's been but like a lot of goalies have these good little stretches and, and you know what happens in the in situations like this you got to pay the guy more yes. to get shorter term so you're saying, we'll know. give you five for six for two years just i'm a Blech. little i'd be a little concerned about it fellas that's all i think that's a fair point um should we get to break so we can get to our many guests today so we got alan walsh co-managing director of Oct octagon and uh like just a, a Twitter man extraordinaire. I think that okay. should be his bio. It really, oh my Twitter gosh. man extraordinaire. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming up uh, after uh, four o'clock on the uh, on the in the next hour, along with Darren Pang, former NHL goalie, hockey analyst for TNT. I worked with Panger a little bit on Sportsnet. Man, we had a blast. Such a great guy. So looking forward to Panger's uh, analysis. And Darren Millard after the break, host of The Chirp and the Vegas Golden Knight TV broadcast. We're back after the break. Kipper and Bourne, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Two 500 teams go at it tonight in Vegas. And the Toronto Maple Leafs, two teams that most people would have said would be contenders. At least divisional favorites. Well, favorites for Leafs is a stretch, but you know what I mean. Not the case. One tonight probably has a better excuse than the other. Yeah. That's it. Let's bring in Darren Millard, the voice of the Golden Knights. Am I the only one that's ever... Said that? Yes. Yes, you are. Yeah, I, I didn't. When I started saying it, I didn't believe it for a second. <laughs> Dave goes 
and uh, Dan Duva would be the uh, two voices of the Vegas Golden Knights. But I will be the the face of the the pregame and the intermission and the postgame show. Yeah, that sucks. That's not good. (laughs) What is that? Like seven minutes? Would would you rather be the face or the voice? I'd rather be the face. There you go. Is there uh, who's the face of the team right now? Because I'm seeing a lot of faceless stars out of the lineup. Well, and they lost Will and Carlson, so he'll be out uh, roughly six weeks with a uh, broken foot, is the report on that side of it. So that's that's becoming uh, the major theme early on. And I heard you talk about the uh, the different excuses for the slow starts between these respective teams. And Vegas is, is the club that uh, right now has been decimated with injuries. They'll roll into town tonight without uh, Max Pacioretty, without Mark Stone, without uh, William Carlson. Uh, they won't have Alex Tuck in the lineup, uh, Matthias Janmar. I mean, it's it's a long list. There's seven guys out of the lineup. That uh, Zach Whitecloud, who just got the extension, uh, he he won't go uh, tonight because he's out. It's it's been a really tough run when it comes to injuries. Uh, they picked up. Uh, uh, Matteo off uh, waivers from the Toronto Maple Leafs the other, the other day, but uh, I mean it's it's crazy, uh, and they, it feels like they lose somebody every night because they have been losing somebody every night. Are these long term for everybody? Not, I mean, is anybody close? Uh, to quote Pete DeBoer, the cavalry is not coming riding in anytime soon. Oh boy. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's not pretty. So it's not like tonight's the first night where they've uh, had injuries. Looking at their schedule, no. though, they've actually won some some hockey games here. What, what's been working for the, the Golden Knights? They've won three straight, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they've, they've tightened it up defensively and managed to keep the puck out of the net. Their penalty killing's been much better. I don't think they've had a lot of penalty killing goal uh, in the last three games during this run. So they they found a way to win. Quite frankly, they went into to Denver. Uh, alpha one and four start and uh and it was it was tough sledding and they got some comfort in facing a team that they were able to control during last year's uh second round of the playoffs and they kind of leaned on that game plan something that they were familiar with and uh and, and played a really good first period and hung on to win a hockey game against nathan mckinnon and company uh then the next night they had to uh, fly into dallas day of due to some uh, travel uh, snafus, and it was a whirlwind day, and they just uh, rope-a-doped the Dallas Stars. Uh, Laurent Brassois was fantastic in his first start, and they won a game that they shouldn't have won. And that seemed to give them some confidence, and they, uh, they've, been, they've been good. Uh, this three-game run has been all close games. Uh, one, one in overtime, one in a shootout, uh, one they hung on to, to beat late. But they've kind of found some confidence, and, and not—I wouldn't say swagger by any means—but they've they've uh, leaned on their DNA, which is just being a harder team to play against. They're not going to beat you up physically. Uh, they're not going to uh, throw the body around like maybe they did uh, a couple of years ago. But they will be a force in the forecheck and force you to make mistakes. And uh, and they've they've been timely in in their uh, production. Uh, it it, it could have been disastrous, guys. But they've in the last week have uh, have salvaged the start. William Carlson, that one to me has a chance to be really devastating uh, because all I see left really is Chandler Stevenson, and I like him a lot, and I know he's been really good, but it's still Chandler Stevenson. Chandler Stevenson will never get the respect that Chandler Stevenson deserves uh, unless you watch him every night. Now, I'll say this. He's not the sexy name. I admit that. But William Carlson wasn't until he scored the 41 in year number one. But Chandler Stevenson has has filled a role here and has managed to get the most out of Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone when when they've been in the lineup. They Those two star wingers are better with Chandler Stevenson than with anybody else. Now, Stevenson has now gone these eight, seven games without uh, Pacioretty and Stone. All he's done is put up nine points, Nick, and, and that's more than double anybody else on the team. So qu- quietly through this stretch without the two big boys, Chandler Stevenson, in, in a weird way, is, is making a statement about his own game 
and and not having to run shotgun with with the two uh, wingers uh, on on the side of it. So you, you never hope for that. But when it comes to credibility and and growing your your game and the uh, and some uh, some compliments, uh, this has been really good for Chandler Stevenson. But he's it. Like it, it Nick Waugh can play some center and has been a good center. But uh, but it's been on the wing mo- mostly uh, during this this start of this season. Uh, Chandler Stevenson is the only regular center iceman that's left. Nolan Patrick, uh, forgot about mentioning him when I ran down the list. Uh, uh, like they, it's just bizarre. I don't I don't know how much uh, Chandler Stevenson can play, but he'll be over 20, 21 minutes tonight. That's wild. You know, all the names we rattled off here, it's like Stone, Pacioretty, Tuck, Yanmar, yeah. Carlson, Patrick. Those are all forwards, though. So it looks like the D, which is very good, are intact. How's that decor holding up? Yeah. I mean, that's a ton of pressure. When Martinez not out? Martinez is in, it looks Mar- like. Martinez is back. Good. He uh, he came back a couple of nights ago, and, uh, like, he played the game against Dallas. Uh, so he's been back for two games now. Zach Whitecloud is still out, but compared to the forwards, like, it's it's fully healthy. Look, uh, Alex Petrangelo uh, went the first seven games without a point. It was minus seven. He was their best player. Like, he was outstanding and didn't have a point, which gives you an idea of just uh, where they were production-wise, but also uh, uh, gives you an appreciation for his game. Uh, he's He's been uh, awesome. Shea Theodore showing signs of, of discovering his game and making a, a, a big push. Uh, so that's that's been really positive. And uh, and then they've got some some production of Nick Hag, Minnesota, or sorry, Mississauga Steelheads uh, product. Uh, he scored a couple of goals, so, so he's developed into um, a, a more uh, offensive role. He's playing with Petrangelo now. Uh, two big boys there, and then it's uh, Theodore and Martinez, the other pairing, and uh, Dylan Coglin uh, is is on your on your third pairing. But uh, it's it's been solid. They found the rhythm on the back end uh, on a team that's going to that's going to have to lean on these guys. How long, but. Uh, before you and Gary Lawless trade for Jack Eichel, <laughs> I keep hearing that, and uh, I can say this: when it comes to trading for Jack Eichel, Gary will be the one to let me know when we do it, because I won't have anything to do with it. I don't want to know anything about it uh, until I have. Like, would you guys do that deal? Well, it sounds like what is it like Krebs? What, what's the rumor at this point? Who who would even go the other way? I don't see how that Hague. Hag, yeah. You got to give up Nick Hag, don't you? Well, like you don't have many healthy bodies to to give up to begin with, and then you're getting a body back that's going to be out for five months. Not ideal. Now, I don't say never. Uh, I didn't think that they could swing the Petrangelo deal. I didn't think that they could give up, uh, get rid of Fleury's contract and, and, and that money. So I, I never doubt Kelly McCrimmon when it comes to, to pulling off these deals. But uh, I would think right now it'd be, uh, it'd be pretty challenging given the, just the health of the situation of the team. How has the, uh, the goaltending situation held up in the absence of Marc-Andre Fleury? Uh, obviously a different look than in years past going with, you know, what you think is a true number one in Leonard and, and Brassois. Yeah. Uh, Robin Leonard played all the games but one, and uh, in that one game, Laurent Brassois was the first star. And Robin Leonard has been uh, fantastic in the games. The numbers don't show it. But uh, but he's uh, he's certainly not been the uh, the issue in in any of the uh, the losses. Their worst defeat was a, a game in in LA, and uh, they were all uh, off their game on that night. But uh, but Robin Leonard's won uh, his last two starts, uh, and he wanted a shootout the other night. And uh, Kippy, I know that you've you've tracked that o- over the years. Like Robin Leonard struggled in the shootout, and his numbers uh, point that way. And he's been so uh, searching for answers that uh, when he was in Chicago, he, he went to Twitter and, and invited everybody to give him suggestions uh, for, for what he should do in the shootout. Well, lo and behold, he goes out the other night against Anaheim, allows the first goal, and then shuts the Ducks down for the next three, and they win in a shootout, which might be the, the ultimate sign that, uh, that the play of the Vegas Golden Knights and the, uh, that the actual record is starting to turn around when, when Robin Leonard's uh, winning in the shootout. So goaltending has been, been good. Uh, the, it's not the same as the Jennings Trophy-type uh, numbers, but uh, goaltending has been really solid. I've seen you goaltend. I'm sure you were the first person to give him suggestions. <laughs> I say, 
just charge out at the player and su- do the surprise attack. Billy Smith style. Yeah, do something <laughs> like that. Hey, is anybody ever going to fight Jordan Bennington? <laughs> yes. God, oh, he's I pissing hope people so. off. I hope so. I I probably shouldn't say that, but I'm dying for a dad. Hey, um, just just to backtrack a little bit here, um, just the whole perception in Vegas. Mark Andre Fleury was so loved, and yeah. he's gone, which you never see an, an award-winning goalie traded the following year. For but nothing. it just seemed like it was destined when they signed when they traded and signed. Robin Leonard, that they wanted Flurry out and they could not get it done early. And then I guess ownership got involved a little bit there. But what's the overall perception of, of Vegas fans? Are they, are they ticked? Do they like Robin? Do they watch him carefully now and hold their judgment until they see whether or not he can do what Marc-Andre Fleury has done for them in the past? Uh, the best way I can answer that would be it was really important for Robin to get off to a good start. And he has. Uh, the, the record's 4-4 uh, four four as a team, but, uh, but you can't point to any games where you go, Robin Leonard was the reason why that they started 1-4 or why they lost X, Y, or Z. Uh, that, uh, that hasn't been the case. And I think that was a really important uh, uh, part of of this season in, in turning the page. And, and you're not going to be able to turn the page in, in, in one month, in, in one stretch of games. Uh, you may not turn the page this entire season uh, because Marc-Andre Fleury was so popular and, and such a beloved uh, part uh, of the initial expansion draft night uh, of this team and then into the first season and the success and the, the personality that he had and the smile and, uh, and the, the, the flair. So uh, it, it will be uh, a process, as, as they like to say, but uh, I think that there's been progress in, in going down that path. There's, there's uh, always going to be uh, a part of this fan base that will not accept anything other than Marc-Andre Fleury, but I think winning, winning in this town, uh, this uh, town that loves uh, any, any town loves its winners, but uh, this team uh, and this fan base will certainly be able to turn the page if Mark, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury watches Robin Leonard have great success. You're not allowed on, on this show to use the word process, right, yeah, we J.D.? we banned it, unfortunately. <laughs> you, know, you know how long and how often I've actually thought about how to say that word? It's a struggle. What is the right answer? It, well, process is what we say in Canada. Process is, is what we say uh, down here. And I've had to consciously think about how I pronounce that word when I'm on the air here. I believe me, I'm, I spent half my life in the U.S. and half in Canada. I can't say Mazda, Mazda, Pasta, Pasta. I struggle every time I say those words. No, I say Chesterfield. Oh, man. Nah, that's good. That's Canadian proper right there. That's Canadian. That's Prairie, Prairie Canada. Hey, so you're you're talking about the the fans there. Have you noticed an evolution in how they take in hockey, experience hockey? Like I know at first it was just a show. Is there a growing sort of education, a Canadianness being built into it all? Uh, I don't know whether that's ever been the case. Like, because they had minor hockey, minor pro hockey here uh, okay. for a long time, so you had that uh, that hardcore fan base. Uh, I can say this that I've never gone on the air and thought about the education aspect uh, of, of the game and trying to uh, simplify how I talk about it. And I'm pretty simple to begin with, uh, as, as Nick knows. But I, I, don't, I don't go down that road. Uh, I'm thinking about process of process uh, more than I am thinking about having to explain certain rules or, or certain scenarios of the game. If there's something really inside the game, uh, then I'll, I'll, I'll maybe get uh, Darren Elliott to, to explain on it or expand on it uh, a little bit. But uh, the rest of it, I just treat it the same I would have if I was talking to uh, a Leaf audience or, or a Calgary Flame audience or something of that effect. Before they came into the league, I had suggested that yeah. they put uh, slot machines in front of their seats, but it, I don't think it, I don't think it uh, caught on or gained uh, much mileage. <laughs> Could you imagine what you would be like at a game with a slot machine in front of you trying to look at the ice. I could multitask there for sure. <laughs> I, I watched you with brick breaker 
for 10 years. And that sent you into a, into a spiral of, <laughs> of distraction. How do we get so bored with some conversations on air? I would play Brick Breaker. Remember that on Blackberry? That's unbel- I do, yeah. It is. <laughs> He'd be, he'd be looking over, going, "Are you serious?" Oh, I, I say, if I, that I, happens, I'm letting the air go dead. We're just gonna sit here in silence while you play. I, say, I can see the monitor when I'm on and off camera. <laughs> oh my gosh, brick you know breaker! Was, Derek, you guys know Derek England, a uh, former BGK defenseman, and yes. he he was on with us for the first time. He's gonna be part of our broadcast all year, and wow. he did his first show the other day. And we were talking about different things and how to help them out and then strategies. And, and I said, uh, you, you just make sure that you've got what you're going to say uh, for the first, uh, the, the first sentence in every, every, whether we're talking about the blue line or we're talking about the penalty kill or whatever, you have, have your starting point in, in your head. I said, we would always sit on the set before we started a show with Doug and Nick uh, the TV side, and we'd look. Doug and I would look over, and Nick's lips would be moving, and he would be rehearsing in his head what he's going to say. I, I said, "You don't necessarily do that because we would make fun of him, but but it's really important." So you you've been on my mind uh, in the last few days uh, as as we uh, as we break in another defenseman. I'd always mutter the same things, and that would be. <laughs> These two guys are idiots beside me. That's all I was mouthing. What's concerning is I've seen that too, and if that's what he's mouthing and I'm still here, uh (laughs) uh-oh. Welcome to the club. Yeah, thanks. You know, I... (laughs) Before we let you go, I have one thing written down because I also, you know, operate that way that I would kill me if I didn't ask you. Uh, The Vegas Golden Knights have zero power play goals this year. Zero. I've heard that. Have you heard that? What? What? Yeah. I, all, I mean, I haven't watched them a ton this it year. It does so. make the Leafs feel good, though. <laughs> yeah, by like a goal or two, but still. So I leave you with, with what? What? What's going on there? Well, they have their power plays out, and okay. has been out. So they're, I'll, I'll cut them some slack with, with that. But in, in uttering that excuse, uh, they also had the misfit line, which is the original uh, Jonathan Marshall, Riley Smith. Uh, William Carlson, and then two National Hockey League defensemen, whoever they, they put with them, uh, whether it be Shea Theodore, Alec Martinez, or uh, uh, Alex Petrangelo. So they, they've always had somebody on the back end. So they, they should have more. And this this has been probably much the, the one bone of contention that you could have with the team is is going back to the playoffs uh, the last couple of years. The power plays run dry in key situations, and it's cost them opportunities to, to win hockey games. And, and that's uh, spilled into uh, to this season. So, yeah, it's it's a concern right now. You're approaching the 10-game mark. You're the only team without a uh, power play goal, and, and Connor McDavid is scoring one every night. The the optics of that are, aren't great. But uh, uh, I think that defensively is where they're going to win hockey games right now. And if they get anything out of it, uh, it'll be a, a bonus. They scored a 6-on-5 goal against Dallas with, the, with Bressois on the bench. And I counted that as a man advantage goal when they scored late in the game with the goalie pulled. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to spin it as much as I can. So what are you telling us? Vegas 2-1 winners tonight? If Well, they, they beat Anaheim 5-4 in a shootout. And uh, the other two games were, were low-scoring uh, wins. But I, I don't see how, with, with this lineup, you're going to be able to go into Toronto and get into some kind of uh, up and down the ice. It would take some some bad goaltending on Toronto's end uh, for, for, for that to happen. I mean, th- things do change, but uh, I would expect that if, uh, if Vegas is going to be successful tonight, it's got to be a, a 3-2 game, a 3-1 game. That's a lot of analysis for a host. I know, and uh, <laughs> this is the most I've been able to analyze hey. in a long time. I got more analysis into this one hit than I did in oh 15 my God. years with you. This is like Freaky Friday because you're more of an analyst than I am right now. <laughs> it's so weird, man. When are you guys going to come and visit and hang out now that the border's opened? Let's go. Let's do the show in Vegas oh, tomorrow. Good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Honestly, that sounds I'll, amazing. I'll, I'll leave right from here. <laughs> I don't know when. I don't know when it, Toronto goes there, but we'll go there and wait. It's the coolest place to live, you guys. It is so awesome. You've got the strip 20 minutes away from your house. There's no traffic. Uh, you can do whatever you want. It is yes. 
the be best crippling gambling debt the whole time oh, yeah. within a month. Listen to him. This oh, guy, I'd, I'd be This buried. guy's in bed by 9 o'clock. Okay? <laughs> he's, he's not at uh, Bellagio, <laughs> no, eh? <laughs> no, 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 no. If, if, I, if I stay up late and, and the book's really good, I might see 9. There you go. Otherwise, it's 8.30. All right, Darren Millard, <laughs> host of Vegas Golden Knights and friend of the show. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, and Darren. Thanks for being uh, with me last week. I uh, really appreciate it, Kippy. And that's host of the Chirp podcast as well. So uh, I was on that show. Have a listen. Uh, some good stuff there. Thank you, Darren. Be good, buddy. All right.